Hey, Fred, Keith here. Before we start the episode, I just wanted to jump in really quickly to share with you about a little book that I've just put out recently. It's called Breakup, How to Heal and Thrive After a Relationship Ends. You know, I had a marriage of about 24, 25 years end in divorce, and it crushed me. I mean, it really got me down. But after I licked my wounds for a while, I decided I need to put together a strategic plan to pivot from this loss into my next chapter. So I put together this little plan that I call Thrive. So if you're going through a breakup right now, or maybe you've just gone through one recently and you could use a little help, I encourage you to look for the link in the show notes and check out Breakup, How to Heal and Thrive After Relationship Ends. All right, now on with the show. Hello, and welcome to the Coffee with Keith podcast. I'm your teacher and host, Keith Brown. And each week on this podcast, we coach you, the BiPlus individual, as well as others within the community, how to turn your hurting into healing and your healing into happiness. Subjects of this podcast will include sexual identity trauma, shame, family dynamics, relationships, coming out issues, bisexuality, dating, mindset, faith development within the Christian faith, and a whole lot more. Every week, you will get powerful teaching to help you create the life you desire and deserve. A couple of disclaimers, though, please. I am not a licensed therapist, nor am I a medical professional. If you need either of those services, please do consult a licensed professional. Also, the views expressed on this program are either those of myself or my guest, and should be considered as such. All right, grab that cup of coffee. Have a seat here at my table. But let's chat on this episode of Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend. Welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm your host, Keith Brown. So happy you could turn in to uh, this Friday episode of Coffee with Keith. And this is a Bible Talks episode. And before I get to that, let me just remind you of a couple of things. First of all, please do follow. Please do um, subscribe to this program and whatever platform you're using. I appreciate it. Do rate it and give us an honest five star if you can. I'd appreciate that. That certainly helps us spread this message of love and acceptance and uh, grace to a broader audience, to more people who need to hear it. And you can help in that by doing that simple gesture of rating this podcast. Thank you for that. I appreciate it so very much. Also, let me just quickly, in case you don't know, I've just released a brand new digital course called um, selective outage method. And uh, this is for anybody who is still in the closet and you are struggling with the ability to come out. And, you know, what I say that there are two types of people when it comes to coming out, one are the cannonballers and one is the toe tippers. And if you're a cannonballer and you're just going to make a massive exit in one big gesture, then this course is not for you, nor am I for you as a coach. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't listen to the podcast and follow me and all that kind of stuff. I love you dearly, but um, you don't need my help. My help is for those people who want to do their outing much more carefully, selectively, and slowly. So this course helps you do that. It gives you a framework. It gives you a procedure. And so um, it's brand new course. And right now I'm running a special one. So just go check it out. It's called Selective Outage Method. And you can find that at my website. Okay. So enough of that. Let's get on to the message today. And again, this is a Friday Bible Talks episode. And it is this coming Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent. I know Christmas is upon us. Can you believe it? And uh, if you look at the text for this this particular Sunday from the lectionary, it's it's sort of about that, you know, as you could expect, the coming 
of Christ. And uh, there's a lot of emphasis, and you'll, there'll probably be a lot of churches that'll put an emphasis on the second coming of Christ and, and all that. But um, I really wanted to concentrate on the Old Testament text today, because I think that there are many of us who need to hear this and need to connect with this text. And I know I do it sometimes, so I just wanted to share it with you, okay? So it comes from the book of Isaiah, the 64th chapter, verses 1 through 9. And I'm just going to read it, and then I'm going to set it up a little bit and share with you four things that I think are important. Oh, Lord, that you would tear open the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence. As when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to bowl, to make your name known to the adversaries so that your nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deals that we did not expect, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry and we sinned. Because you hid yourself and we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We are we all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us uh, into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. All right, so this is an interesting text, and uh, I'm going to set it up a little bit historically, just briefly, so you'll kind of get a context uh, of that. But before I do, I'm just going to basically tell you that I'm going to talk about four things, the past, the the present, the prayer, and uh, the peace, okay? So the past, the present, the prayer, and the peace. This is what we call in religious terms a lament prayer. We often see laments in the Psalms where David, for instance, would have this pouring out of his suffering before God and the suffering of the people before God. And this is considered a lament prayer of sort here in the book of Isaiah. See, what has happened? We know that for a lot of history, you know, the, the people of Israel, the, the, the scripture is, the Old Testament is based upon, had blessings from God in many ways. And then we know also in our history that the people of Israel were captured and put into captivity in Babylon. And they were there for an exterior a time, and they suffered through that. And then finally, during this exile, when it ended, they were released, and they became residents of a promised land. They, they became residents of Jerusalem. And at the time of this writing, they've been there for, you know, some scholars would say, you know, 18 years or so, 20, 18, 20 years. And here's the thing. When they were in their exile, when they were suffering at the hands of their captors, I am sure that they dreamed of what their freedom would look like, what the future would look like, what what their you know their release would look like, what their hope in the future would 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 be like, right? They had all these dreams based on who they knew God was in their lives and in their their history. And here's where it gets kind of interesting. 
because they've been here for about 18 years, like I said, and they really weren't experiencing what they had hoped and what they had expected and what they had even dreamed about experiencing in this place and in this time. Life was still very difficult. And in this prayer, in this lament, we see that there are some specific lessons, I think. So let's talk about the past. All right. So the first thing that this lament does is basically share with us a hint of their knowledge, their understanding that in their past, God was powerful. God showed himself. God did things that certainly impacted people, that made him well aware to the people, that they recognized this was the movement and the hand of Almighty God. So in that way, they had that past history. Now, let's put that to you and me. No matter what's going on in life, if we are honest and we are people of faith, we should be able to look back in our lives, whether it's as long as my life or maybe as short as some of you who are listening or watching this particular podcast episode, regardless of the number of years that we have been living on this earth, I would say that we probably can look back at our lives and see blessings, see the ways that God moved in our life, see the ways God provided for us. Now, was it always good? No, but we should be able to see, you know, if I'm a person of faith, then there has to be things in my past that I can see that at least in my mind and in my belief, that was the hand of God because things shouldn't have worked that way or this shouldn't have been able to happen or this miraculously happened and people of faith attribute that to God as did the people here in the book of Isaiah. They recognize that sometimes in life, God shows up in mighty ways that we don't expect and things that we can't explain. And I know in my life, if I look back, there are there are those things. Now, sometimes I have to look a little more carefully or I have to really think and remember times past where, you know, this was really weird. And in my mind, this had to be something that was divinely orchestrated. Now, I hope that you're able to do that. But even, even if you aren't, well, we'll get there, okay? So in this particular lament, we see that the writer says that um, the people recognized that God was powerful in the past, that he showed up and nations trembled. So there was a recognition of what God was doing. But then we see there's a shift. There is a shift to the present. And in their current condition, societally, they are not at anywhere close to what they had thought they would be. And they weren't experiencing this glorified life that they had expected to come. Things were not going really well for them. And in their mind, they're going like, well, there should have been. And, and the Lent talks about the fact that, well, you know, and so because life isn't what we expected and life becomes difficult and we're not receiving or seeing all the blessings that we assume that we would, there is a turning away from God. And the lament here talks about that, says that basically we stumbled, we, we sinned against you and you turned your back. So there is a, um, an idea that, you know, perhaps they had a part in this to play. 
Now, we want to be careful here because sometimes, you know, based on our backgrounds, a lot of us who come from a very Puritan, um, evangelical, conservative background, as many of us do, that we don't take this a little too far and we begin to beat ourselves up as individuals. So this is what I mean. If you're if you're going through your life right now, and maybe you're in a position where things are not really good, maybe you are suffering, maybe they're, you know, you look at your life right now and it's nowhere where you thought it would be or you want it to be or it should be. We can say, if we aren't careful, well, we're bad. It's because I just haven't been good enough for God, or you know, God's turned his back on me because I'm not whatever. You know, and and many of us have that tendency because it was ingrained in us as we were being raised as kids and young adults, et cetera, et cetera. So we have to be careful about that. But there is probably also some truth in the fact that the way that we walk, the way that we live, the way that we try to serve God may have some impact on that. So we don't want to completely say we don't have any responsibility because, you know, I think sometimes we do. But for most of us, I would say we kind of go overboard in that, okay? So there, I say all that to say that if we can relate to these people because their present was not good. Where they were, what they experiencing at that moment was not anywhere close to what they wanted. And I bet many of you who are listening to my voice right now could probably say the same. If you looked honestly at your life right now, you would probably say, this is nowhere what I wanted it to be. I'm not experiencing what I wanted. I'm not enjoying life like I hoped I would. Now, if you are, yay, I am so happy for you. <laughs> Careful, because with those mountaintops, there are valleys as well. But likewise, if you're hurting right now, I want you to look at the prayer. That's in here in Isaiah. The writer says, God, he refers to God as the father. Now, I know that's very patriarchal for some. I know it's very outdated for some of you. And I know that you use more neutral terms for God and all that. And that's fine. Uh, that's not the purpose for this. What I'm trying to say by mentioning this is two things. Number one in this prayer, he refers to God as father. And I think the purpose of that is signifying closeness, a relationship, a power of connection. He talks about God as the potter and us as the clay, which is a beautiful metaphor we see repeated in Jeremiah as well. We are the clay in God's hands. And when we think about God as someone who loves us and cares for us, thus the use of father in this scripture, then we understand that we have power that's beyond ourselves, who acts on our behalf out of love. And the lamenter here is saying, basically, to go back from the beginning, God, this is the stuff I saw. This is how I knew, know that you're powerful. This is how I know you can do anything. This is the reality of where I am right now. And so I am praying because of the connection I have with you that you help us. And here he uses the reference to the one who redeems us, which again, it's such a loving expression of connection, a loving expression of power, a loving expression of love. Oh God, in the midst of our suffering right now, 
you, O Father, are the one who redeems us. And there in that prayer is a very loving, compassionate, and passionate plea toward God. And maybe we can learn from that too. Maybe we can acknowledge, you know, God, you know, I, I love you. Um, there have been times when I've probably done better at following you than others. Maybe God right now, some of the mess that I'm in, you know, I've sort of created myself. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But God, I, I need you. I know what you've done in the past. I know your power. And I know that you love me. Even though other people may tell me you don't, I know you love me. And because of that, I want you to act in my life, to shape me as a potter does the clay, to bless me, to heal me, to provide for me. And we see that at the end of this lament prayer, this lament story, if you would, this great prayer in Isaiah, as often as the case, a lament prayer will end with a positive affirmation. And the one here is the peace, the peace. So again, the past, present, the prayer, which is critical, and then the peace. And what we see here is the season of Advent. It is the coming of God to the people. It is the connection that is made stronger. It is the presence of God in their lives, and it is the hope that he brings. So, my dear friend, as we now start to enter one of the most exciting and hopeful seasons of the year for any Christian, I pray that you, my dear friend, even if you are in the midst of the muck, that you will find hope, true hope, and that you will get to dream again about the possibilities that await you when you connect with God. Be blessed. Pray. And follow. Until next time, heal your hurts, move your mountains. And may God truly bless you, my friend. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, my friend. This episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.